Welcome to the Pet Cash Pod. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. This is the 39th episode of my series where I interview founders, investors, athletes, and the smartest people in sports. Today's guest is Mark Nyfield, CEO and Commissioner of Sport Fishing Championship. The Sport Fishing Championship is the governing body of saltwater tournament fishing, with SFC being the largest owner and media rights holder in the space. Mark spent several years in the sports industry, including time with the Texas Rangers and Dallas Cowboys, before he jumped into this opportunity to start his own league. This was a fascinating conversation on not only starting a new league, media rights, the revenue they're targeting, and also just the industry as a whole. Tons to learn from. I certainly did. Let's dive in. Mark, what's up, brother? Appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Excited to dive into this one. Yes, sir. Next time we're doing this on the golf course, all right? Got to. So, got to start here. Got to ask you how it went. Held an event last week, Major League, you know, big time CBS Sports. You had a bunch of NFL players out fishing. You know, give us a breakdown. Tell us how it went. I'm excited to hear about it myself. Yeah, well, first of all, Andrew, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. And, dude, props to you for blowing this thing up. I mean, you have done such an awesome job, you know, awesome content creator. And, man, I'm just I'm pumped to be on this with you. So, um, yeah, the inaugural, the cash presented by Fritos on CBS. Look, you know, everybody was so thrilled. I mean, to see guys like Justin Herbert and Dalvin Cook, Chris Jones. I mean, they just had like the time of their lives out there on the back of boats. You know, we had a double hookup to sailfish right before the show started. We had two sailfish get hooked up during the show. And, you know, really to see those guys like out of their element and really enjoying sport fishing with us it was it was awesome then to have a platform like cbs to be able to share that experience with with viewers all over the world and you know introduce people to sport fishing it could it honestly couldn't have done any better i mean and then you walk in the fountain blue and it felt like you were at the the, the super bowl you know the signage package and i mean there were kids you know keep in mind it's april and kids in the lobby just rocking you know every nfl you know, Jersey all throughout the lobby, waiting for the guys to come in and watching. Uh, we had our watch party outside of the Ocean Bond. So it was a great, great event, man. Great event. Now turning our focus to the 2023 season. I love it. Well, what goes into the, just that one event? You know, how many months? What kind of preparation? Like, what you guys have to even do to basically piece all that together? Well, I mean, you want the you want the story, you want the real story. <laughs> so uh, let's go for it. About a year ago, we approached CBS with the concept for the catch, and at that time, CBS wasn't ready to put live saltwater sport fishing on the big network. We we're super thrilled and, and excited to be back on CBS Sports Network this year. I believe we got a total of like eighty-two hours this summer. But about a year ago, they were they weren't ready to put us on the big network. In fact, even like around Labor Day last year, we were still kind of wait for a green light. And so that green light came like the week before Super Bowl. And so, you know, for us to have the opportunity to hop on CBS with the catch two weeks following the NCAA Final Four National Semifinals, a week following the Saturday, the Masters, you know, it was like, look, all hands on deck. Like we got to figure out a way to take advantage of this opportunity. We had a two hour live broadcast window. And I can tell you, you know, as late as like February 15th, we didn't even have a venue. Um, you know, we, we were, we were scrambling. We knew we had the two hour window. We knew we wanted to make it incredible, but you know, a very short amount of time, we were able to find a tremendous host with the, uh, with the fountain blue Miami beach, the Miami Dade CBB supported us. We're able to bring in a bunch of corporate partners, including a title title partner with 
Fritos. And then of course, you know, bringing in the talent around the event, guys like Justin Herbert, you know, passionate about fishing, AJ Brown, country boy, you know, wants to go fishing, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, DeAndre joined us two or three weeks before the show simply because his buddies were going fishing and he wanted to go. Dalvin, you know, Dalvin, Dalvin's done segments on you know, prior to NFL broadcasts about his passion for fishing. He goes fishing with his, his brother, James, Chris Jones fishes with our, with our TV host, Peter Miller. And so kind of the list goes on and on guys like Matthew Judon never been fishing offshore fishing, but they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to come down and, and, and be around Patrick Sertan. Actually, I believe AJ, AJ Brown was who recruited Patrick Sertan, their buddies, Quinnett Williams, you know, he was reaching out to us, wanted to get on the back of the boat. So we said, sure, you know, we'll take all, we'll take both first team, all team, uh, all team, all pro, uh, nose tackles or defensive tackles. We'll put them on catch. So anyway, you know, it all just came together. We were fortunate to have Clayton Anderson. Also, he performed our concert, um, at the fountain blue when we, we pulled it all together and it, it was really an incredible event. That's awesome. Yeah. I tuned in for a little bit of it. I caught like 20 minutes or so. And, uh, like you said, it was good timing because there's that gap right after the masters and kind of before just the spring gets a little funky with, with more golf and baseball and all that. Now going back a little bit, you know, where you spent a lot of time in pro sports leagues doing a bunch of stuff under people, you know, where did this idea come from? And then really, you know, what made you jump to build sport fishing championship? Yeah, that's a great question. So back in 2020, you know, I always tell people when the sports and entertainment world kind of shut down, I had something in my career that I'd never had before. I had time. I had always been climbing the corporate ladder and been working major events. I was fortunate to get some opportunities when I was really young, you know, whether it be with the NCAA Final Four or the college football playoffs. I'd worked in large organizations like the Dallas Cowboys, Texas Rangers. I had become a full-time entrepreneur in 2018, but my business was on in college sports. And so I also like to tell people that, you know, owning a business that brings people together on college campuses during a global pandemic, is not the best business to be in. So, um, anyway, I was really fortunate, um, yeah, to be able to have an opportunity and, and, you know, work under the great people at Till Capital and learned a lot from Ben Sutton Jr. about media rights. And so anyway, when I had that, when I had the time in late 2020, early 2021, being a guy that grew up in Tampa, Florida as an inshore saltwater angler, I, I was really just kind of perplexed, to be honest with you, like why it didn't exist. Um, I had I basically started in in late January, February of 2021, calling tournament organizers and sponsors, some people in the media, just kind of asking them like, hey, why isn't there a PGA tour for fishing? Like why are why are there all these big tournaments around North America and they all have big prize purses and they're very popular regional events, but how come, the, how come there's not a league? How come there's not a FedEx cup to go along with this? And nobody really had a good answer. Um, in fact, if you go back to 2021, a lot of the tournaments thought they were competing with one. And so, you know, I basically, you know, brought everybody together and you know, really collectively, we have the same vision of what sport fishing championship ended up becoming. And I'm just really fortunate, you know, to be the guy that was, you know, at the center of it, but. There's so many people that make SFC great, you know, whether it be the tournaments, the tournament staff, the local sponsors, you know, all of the people that really come together, national sponsors. Yeah, I just I just feel like, you know, probably right place, right time, right person, right idea. Somebody actually said to me last week, they said, <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, it's one of those ideas that you see and then you see it happening and you're like, oh, yeah, of course. He said it was like Uber. He said, yeah, of course there should be an Uber. But it's like now that there is an Uber, you know, you don't remember before not having an Uber. And so. 
look, you know, we're 14 months into into the business, so those comparisons are flattering, but uh, we still have we still have quite a lot of work to do. That's awesome. Yeah, I always love hearing the the where the ideas stem from that really pushes the jump because we all have a ton of ideas, and then it's like, what really pushes something forward? Now you mentioned in there sort of creating the PGA Tour, and they didn't really have that in fishing. Any other problems in the industry or just fishing as a whole that you saw, and you're like, oh, we can do this better, or we can you know capitalize on this better? Yeah, there there wasn't really one moment that that led me to really you know start building Sport Fishing Championship. There were a lot of moments. Um, in 2018, I I caught my first blue marlin in Cabo San Lucas, and I always tell people like I've been a lifelong golfer. But the experience and the exhilaration of catching that fish, I mean, I've never hit a hole in one. I'm going to this golf, golf season <laughs> this year. I've hit one. But the day that I do, I mean, I can't even imagine it being one one thousandth of the adrenaline rush of fighting that blue marlin in the chair. And so, you know, kind of take that and, and tuck it away in the, the mental inventory. And, and then, you know, the, the PGA Tour model is really, it was really apples to apples. Um, as I set out and started doing discovery on fishing, I was learning that there were all of these historic bill fishing clubs, big game fish clubs, tuna clubs, sail fishing clubs all over the country, almost the way that, uh, almost exactly the way that the country clubs, you know, are producing golf tournaments. And so back in early 2021, the question just became, Really, the, the business hypothesis and what I went out to either you know, prove or disprove was, you know, more Americans fish than play golf and tennis combined. I think 56.9 million Americans went fishing last year, 24 million played a round of golf, and 22 million played tennis. And then if you look at saltwater angling, the demographic is nearly identical to your country club member. So, you know, I was sitting here saying fishing doesn't have, you asked the question, like, what other problems? Fishing doesn't have the problems. Fishing doesn't have the challenges of, of other, other startup leagues. I was at the CAA World Congress of Sports last week, and I was, you know, having conversations with other niche uh, startup leagues and some of the challenges that they have getting equipment into big box retail, increasing participation. Fishing doesn't have those problems. You could buy a fishing rod at ninety-seven point two, something like that percentage of Walmart's. You know, every Dick Sporting Goods, every Academy Sports uh, access to the sport is is not limited. You know, access to offshore and saltwater fishing. There are inherent challenges with that. More people have access to freshwater ponds, lakes, and streams than they do the intercoastal and the ability to go offshore. But I, I also like to tell people, you know, um, SFC, you know, we sell access to the lifestyle and, and big game fishing. And unfortunately, like 99.99% of people that watch our shows will never have the opportunity to go on the back of a big Viking sport fishing boat and go fish for blue marlin uh, off the coast of Nantucket in July. But, you know, what we hope is that, you know, they can watch SFC through their mobile device or on television and that they can fall in love with the sport and where they do have access to the sport, they can take advantage of it. And so, you know, whether that be going out fishing the local pond right behind their house, you know, just, Justin Herbert told me that, uh, you know, he grew up, he fell in love with fishing by fishing the pond behind his local Walmart in Eugene, Oregon. And so, look, you know, I think, I think what we do is very aspirational our segment of the sport. But um, anyway, to go back and answer your question, we don't we don't really have the scaling challenges. Now that the league is set up, it really has become, you know, a, a solutions provider for a lot of brands that want to participate in fishing. Yeah, the fishing numbers there are pretty wild. I'm, I'm glad you brought those up because I'm not a huge fisher, but I even I fished once last year. I probably played golf, I don't know, 40 times, not enough. But you know, it's crazy just to hear the scale of fishing or just how many people do and how accessible it is. Because I had someone else, uh, Harris Wallace, who started the National Cycling League. 
and how much more challenging it is to get people bikes when bikes are $5,000, $6,000, $7,000. Like you said, a fishing one at Walmart's probably like, I don't know, 30 bucks or something. Less than that. It's, it's pretty awesome. Now, you've been doing this for 14 months, as you said. You know, what, in your opinion, does it really take to create a successful league? Or what, what is like the blueprint you're seeing or have learned or just kind of know that you're like, hey, these are some things you have to do? Because like you said, we're seeing now a lot of new startup leagues start to, you know, there's a lot of content to fill in the sports world and new leagues are popping up like every week. I feel like I'm talking about some new one. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. So I started doing this in January of 2021 and then the roll up began in March of 2021. We completed the roll up in July, announced SFC in August. We were the first ever fishing cover of the sports business journal in August of 2021. And then since then, I was running it out of uh, a little agency that I owned, Momentum SE. And at that point, we decided to split it off and have it run independently. So we did that in November of 2021. Last year was our first season. We had 10 tournaments. This year, um, we have 11. We'll, we'll very soon announce that we'll have a 15 event schedule next year. And then we'll, we have events we call them non-competition events. So the catch is a non-competition event because it's an exhibition. We do SFC media days at the Miami International Boat Show. We'll do SFC awards later this year. We'll announce, I was just about to announce it, but anyway, we'll, we'll do SFC All-Star Week in, in October of this year. And we're, we're continuing to use the VIP and expand. But, you know, I, I, think, I think this, like, I didn't, I didn't go out to, like, start a, a, you know, a mega sports league. You know, whether it be... American Cornell League or the National, you know, Rugby Football League or PLL or any of these leagues, three ice, you know, there's a lot of niche sports that are, that are coming up. I think, I think where SFC sits in a, in an advantage is that our access numbers, you know, are such like it, it is the largest fishing and boating combined to be the largest recreational activity in the country. I believe outside of hiking and jogging. It's the lar- largest recreational activity in the country. So once you add equipment in, it becomes like the number one. So at, at any rate, look, I, I'll tell you, if you want to start a sports league or any company, you have to have a strong business plan. You have to have your head down and execute that business plan, you know, remain distraction-free as much as you possibly can. You know, I've been a, I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2018. I've been an entrepreneur since 2012. So, you know, more than a decade now. And I actually have a lot of people that are very close to me that just say, like, look, like you've just gotten better at, at what you're what you're doing. And it's because I've been an entrepreneur. I've gone through a lot of these things before. I've had to make, you know, similar decisions, just like you're shooting free throws in the gymnasium. Like getting practice reps makes you better. And so I'm just fortunate that I'm surrounded by so many people that share the vision and want to see it succeed. But um, you know, really kind of go back to like how do you, you know, what are what are the challenges? Look, for me, it's just at this point, we designed we designed an expansion plan that was supposed to be a 60-month plan back in October of 2021. We've been executing that plan ever since. We're really a year ahead of schedule. We might even be two years ahead of schedule. And knock on wood, I'd be just, you know, enjoying the enjoying the ride. And it, it, it doesn't it doesn't even feel like work. I just enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, the whole process of building SFC. Yeah. And Mark, you spoke of the team in there a little bit. Obviously, to build a league, you need a lot of talented people from executives down to employees right out of college or whatever you know what are some of those things that you're looking for how are you you know piecing together that that all-star team of like the actual sfc team you know i didn't realize it until after we got that sbj cover but people started reaching out to me and they're like i am so passionate about this and it still happens to this day you know people reach out to me on linkedin or they reach out to me on social media and they just say hey how, how can i get involved 
and everybody's got a story. You know, dad took them fishing. They go fishing with grandpa. They fished tournaments before, or they're just, they love the saltwater lifestyle. So I do feel like I'm really fortunate to be able to, to offer the opportunity where, you know, business intersects with passion. A lot of our investors, you know, our, our, our OGs, our seat, seat one guys, you know, it was a bunch of guys that just love tournament fishing and want to see SFC succeed. And that was really their only criteria. We just, we just want to see the vision play itself out. And so I, I go back to, you know, when you're selecting employees, are they passionate about the role? Do they want to be with you long-term? I, I don't typically look to hire somebody that wants to be here for a few years, you know, come in and get an exit and leave. Because if you're not motivated for the right reasons, it becomes very challenging to get through, you know, the lower parts of the roller coaster, right? You know, and that's, that's what a startup is. It's a roller coaster. You know, we, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of great peaks. We, we, if you look at the chart, we're, we're, we're typically always going up, but, uh, look, it's a, it's a startup. And so anyway, you want tough people, problem solvers, creative people. I like to hire Swiss army knives. I don't go as far to like not give people job descriptions, but, um, you know, I, there's really nothing when you're, you're in a startup environment that like everything is other duties as assigned. You know, I'm actually our, our 2023 SFC billfish championship begins this week. And uh, I'm actually, I wish I could go. I have so much FOMO that I'm not going. Uh, I want to be there for Horatio Reed and the folks at Club Nautico, Santa Domingo. I love that tournament. I have so many great friends now down there at Dominican Republic. Our, our friends from Puerto Rico come over. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm having anxiety that I'm not going to be there having fun in Dominican Republic. But yeah, I, I, I unfortunately am tied here to the US uh, this week. But, you know, look, you know, a year ago, I was driving a U-Haul from... Dallas, Texas to Louisiana this week to go set up our first event, you know, a nine and a half hour drive. Like why? Because like it had to get done. Like at some point, like everything has to get done. It doesn't matter who you are. It just has to get done. You know, signage has to come up and get torn down. We have a windstorm coming through, you know, and there's a million examples that I could talk to you about, like whether it be operationally with the tournament, selling sponsorship, like you just have to, everybody kind of has to be a little bit of a, you know, dynamic Swiss army knife, if you will. Yeah. Any, uh, cause you've been on both sides. Do you see any differences in running a league versus a company? Yeah. I think that there's some expectations, you know, socially running a league. I always tell people, you know, I'll have a conversation and I'll be wearing my CEO hat. And then I have conversations where I'm wearing the commissioner hat. And, you know, fortunately for me and our investors and our investor group, like I, I'm, I'm able to make the best decisions for the league. And sometimes those are independent of making the best decision short-term financially. Everybody that's involved with SFC wants to see this around for 100 years. And so um, nobody's looking at this as, you know, making a short-term buck or something like that. It's really about making sure that the company has the resources and we can we can continue to grow. And in fact, you know, I was in Los Angeles last week in a number of meetings. You know, we're very fortunate. We have a lot of people that are interested in, in investing in SFC right now. And I, I can't, you know, kind of telling people, you know, look, revenue is very important, but it's not the most important thing. And keep in mind, we're a private business. I'm the founder. So, you know, for me to say things like revenue isn't the most important thing right now, like, you know, that's take, take that for what it is, but like, it's true. You know, in fact, I had, I had a call this morning with one of our tournament directors we were talking about, you know, next year, we're really still in the process of laying the foundation. So when we grow, you know, we have a really nice firm foundation to sit this league on top of. And, you know, we're really right there. I mean, this isn't something that's going to take months or years. We're really, I mean, we're really right there. It's, it's between now and Memorial Day, we'll have everything really kind of finalized and be making more 
announcements and stuff like that. But you know, look, there are times I equate SFC coming in similar to in many ways like esports, right? Like authenticity from the community. Like if you're not authentic to the community, they're going to revolt against you. And so that was one of the things that we did really well last year, even taking existing tournaments, you know, our original 10 tournament portfolio had 450 combined years of tournament history. So the average age of tournament was 45 years old. So we went in and we were working with existing tournaments and through existing brand equity, you know, they became attached to the SFC. We were very authentic with our rules. We always solicit feedback. We're always asking people, you know, if, if, if you were the commissioner, what would you do? You know, I think that that goes a long way. People want to be heard. And so this is, like I said, it's going into my third year of, of tournaments because I went, I went to all the tournaments during the, uh, you know, during the growth year. A lot of times sitting on the back of boats, just listening, just ha- letting people talk. Guys, there's not a PGA Tour for fishing. If there was one, what would you like to see out of it? And then that's what I took and went and built. You know, took, took that advice and went and built it. You know, there's something to be said about not monetizing too early. I know even if you've seen, I'm sure a lot of people have the movie, The Social Network with like all about Facebook and Zuckerberg. Like that's a big piece of that movie. It's yeah. Like, don't monetize too early. But on that, obviously as a league, there's a lot of different streams of revenue you can get, go after. You know, what are some of those ones you guys are looking at or what are even the opportunities in that space? Because I'm sure even something like CBS, like they're going to pay you for the rights to all that. And there's a million others from merch and I'll, I'll let you kind of go into it. Yeah. So Again, we're really fortunate that, you know, a lot of people want to see SFC succeed. They provide us really great information on the different league structures and team structures. And I I would say who I was talking to about it, but like there's somebody that has ownership of an NBA franchise and they own an NASCAR team. And they were kind of guiding us in the different directions and models, you know, having a charter for one of the NASCAR clubs versus one of the 30 NBA teams. So we've had other people, other, other groups that share modeling, you know, not just like short-term modeling, but also like very specific modeling for things like, you know, how, how leagues, you know, tend to weather things like inflation, you know, and historic data on like the NBA, NHL, NFL, you know, how, how those leagues tend to get through things like inflation. So, you know, we just, again, like really like sponge for information and I can't keep saying it enough. Like we're really fortunate that people will provide us this expertise so I can look at all of the information and make the best decision for our league, but our revenue sources, if, if you break it down, like most, most leagues are typically one third video rights, one third national sponsorship and one third gate. SFC, we're not going to have gate for a while, right? Our, our action, you know, is, is happening 300 miles offshore many times. Now, what we are doing is we're working on elevating the onsite experience. We've, we've been working with Informa by an international boat show, Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show on collaborating on some ways to really elevate the, uh, you know, the in-market experience. Starlink does help us with that. We can create connectivity between something that's happening offshore and back on land. And we could do that through, you know, LED video boards and stuff like that. So gate is part of our future, but we don't have it right now. Right now we're a really sponsorship advertising model. We do merchandising and licensing and, and where we are right now headed into next year, we're about to begin our 2024 through 2028 media rights negotiations. And they couldn't have they couldn't have gotten off to a better start. We actually started them a couple of weeks ago, and you know we we provide a nice chunk of time in live sports from the third week of April through Labor Day that is very attractive to the networks. And from the players' perspective, or I guess the Fishers players, you know, athletes, is it prize money? Is it salaries? Cotton mix? You know, how are you guys 
taking care of the, you know, the actual, I guess we'll call them athletes in this sense. Yeah. So right now the athletes are independently selling their own corporate sponsorships. We are working as a part of our, you know, global media rights strategy to implement things like team sponsorships. So we don't do a lot of it right now. I'll be honest with you. Part of it is to keep a, ch- a separation between church and sh- church and state. And I'm very transparent with with our competitors. Like I was, I, I speak very frequently to Justin Drummond, who won our league last year. He won 1.1 million off the SFC, but also he probably won three million in total prize money. Very marketable guy. He's in very he's in a in a lot of ways like our Kobe Bryant. Like he is just the guy has a work ethic and focus. I mean, even if you watch the catch, he speeds off and he slows down and he hops on a pylon channel marker and they fish for snapper right there and he racks up three snapper and then goes and fishes because the guy like has a strategy like he's like oh i'm gonna go rack up these points i'm gonna go out there where the other three boats just called off and and you know deploy their strategy so anyway he's a very marketable guy jason birth a lot you know 20 year old female sfc ang- fan vote angler of the year very marketable person but where we are right now i want to make sure that you know there's separation of church and state between sport fishing championship the league and and monetizing team captain and angler rights right we have to be very delicate towards making sure that sfc isn't showing any sort of favoritism towards you know our top competitors our most marketable competitors who deems them to be the most marketable so we're actually going through the process right now and i'll tell you sometime in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll announce that we'll have a a, a new angling association that will work on things like image likeness rights we're working on an image likeness marketplace so even if you're a weekend warrior, you know, t- tell us why you're marketable and, and maybe there's some sponsorship opportunities for you. But all of this, I'll tell you, is being packaged and put together and offered out in our current media rights negotiation for 24 through 28. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think of that angle from it, from like the sponsorship, because there's like league and then there's Fisher based, team based. Now, Mark, one question I do ask everyone is we're kind of getting to 30 minutes here and we've touched on a few of them, but any trends or anything in sports? like the sports industry as a whole that you're really, you know, paying close attention to that you think is going to have an impact over the next, you know, three to five years or whatever? Oh, you know, the streaming war, streaming wars for sure. You know, the continued growth of Formula One. I'm keeping an eye on that. Pickleball, whether it transcends being a a recreational sport to being a sports television property, you know, keeping an eye on that. I I did see one of the pickleball leagues just got a media rights deal. So just kind of look at the landscape of media, not just sports media, but media in general with streaming right now is really, it's becoming more favorable for sports leagues and media rights holders like SFC. And, you know, and and, and for us, I mean, we're just going to continue to to make the best decision day to day, right? You know, just build the best possible league and product, one that solves problems for, for your communities, for your competitors, for the brands, for the networks. And, you know, that that's that, that's what we do every single day. And I'm a big believer that you just, you know, you make one good decision or, you know, the right decision every time you have to make a decision and everything else will follow. And, you know, fortunately, that's that's where we, we've found ourselves. That's great. Yeah, I'm interested to see the pickleball, how that plays out, because there's definitely increase at the player level. But I'm I don't know. I just on TV, like I can't quite get into it, but I don't know. Hopefully we'll see. We'll see if other people do. It seems like at least ESPN, I think CBS, they're all involved in that deal. Look, I was doing, I was doing interviews a year ago on 
NFTs, right? And it's like, and I was actually at the point, like I was, I was pretty bullish on crypto. I still think long-term, you know, still pretty bullish on crypto. NFTs, you know, probably, I'm probably not the target for it, but maybe, maybe my kids are, I can see why there's value. But look, everybody was talking NFTs a year ago and, and not to say that there's still not a long-term or short-term play in the NFT marketplace, but like nobody's talking about NFTs today. So, you know, these, these trends in sports entertainment, they kind of, they come and go, you know, fortunately for us, fishing's not a trend. It's been around for a long time. <laughs> so as long as people are still enjoying it, we make a great TV product and we have a great league, you know, that it's just, that's our focus, man. Day to day. I love it. Well, you've already talked about a lot of the future initiatives. But why don't you give us where to find more about what you guys are doing or if anyone wants to get in contact where they can uh, reach out or, or, you know, learn more. Yeah. So uh, you can follow everything that's going to happen in our 2023 SFC Billfish Championship at sportfishingchampionship.com. That's also where we'll break news. I am, my handles are at SFC Fish Commish. Got to be the best nickname in sports, <laughs> Fish Commish. Yeah, that's um, great. I love it. Yeah. So um, I'll break some news and we've got really about a six to eight week window here that we're going to be making a lot of announcements, uh, short-term and long-term strategic growth. And ultimately what, what we're working towards right now is 40 out of 52 weeks a year with competitive saltwater angling with the SFC, both domestically and internationally. And so just, just keep following us as we continue to make, you know, make announcements on how we're going to get there. I love it. Well, Mark, I'm rooting for you guys. And, uh, that, it, did you come up with that, that tag for social media or was that like Scott Becker or Oh Someone man, who, I, I can't even tell wife. you who it is because he wants me to pay him royalties. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it, but it might yeah started calling me Fish Commission and then it just stuck. Like I just show up to tournaments and people are yelling from the docks, Fish Commission. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're gonna become the personality yourself. That's actually interesting. Even if kind of going forward, like if commissioners or people like that are gonna kind of need to be the personalities of a league a little bit. That's, Man. Side point that we won't get into, but it's interesting. Scott Becker could talk your talk talk your ear off about that. And uh, look, I'm just gonna be me. I'm gonna be, you know, at the catch. I'm walking around in my retro Dale Earnhardt jersey and my backwards hat. You know, I didn't have pit vipers <laughs> on that day. But uh, like, I'm, I'm just gonna be me. That's how we built this league. And whether or not my personality gets incorporated, who knows? But that's not that's for Scott Becker to figure yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Mark, appreciate you coming on, and uh, it's been fun. And I'm room for you guys. I appreciate it, Andrew. Thank you for having me on. Keep up everything you're doing, man. Let's check in in a couple months. Yes, sir.